Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. In this podcast, we take a reading from Scripture each day. We look at the background material to that passage and also application for us. Once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from Psalm chapter 130, and this is known as a Psalm of Ascent. It would be sung as the Israelite people would come to Jerusalem for a pilgrim festival. So this is a psalm that was written to prepare the heart of a worshiper. But this is a beautiful psalm, and this psalm is very striking because the writer is in the depths of despair. And he is not in the depths of despair because of some calamity or danger or sickness, but he is in despair because of guilt and shame because of sin. So this is a psalm that records the heart of someone that feels like they're locked into this cycle of guilt, driven deep into shame, and they're crying out to God's forgiveness. And in the end, there's this elevation to where they realize that God has forgiven them, and there's this assurance that everything is going to be okay. So I want to read this to you this morning because it's a beautiful psalm, but also talk about it and have a little bit of commentary and provide some interpretation and some application for us today. So let's just begin reading this. This is the English Standard Version, Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen waiting for the morning, more than watchmen waiting for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. With the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption, and he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. So he cries out in the depths of despair. So we realize that this is not a self-help deal here at all. And we live in a time of there's so many self-help options out there. But this psalmist is telling us there is no self-help when it comes to our record of sin. We know that God does keep record of sin. Some people misunderstand what this psalmist is saying. God does count our sin against us. We know in Matthew 12, 36, Jesus tells us, and this is a very um, scary verse in a lot of ways, that we will give an account for every word that we speak um, that's careless. Every careless word that comes out of our mouth. So there's this sense of without forgiveness, without grace, we are in trouble. And anyone would say that that the Old Testament is not filled with grace, has not read Psalms like this. The Old Testament is packed full of God's grace and God's redemption. And so we have this issue of guilt. And so he cries out to the Lord, knowing that the Lord will hear his cry. Now, in verse 3, the psalmist says something that we all know to be true. If you, O Lord, mark my iniquities, who's going to be able to stand, God? If you hold my iniquities against me, if you do not forgive me for all that I've done, then I have no hope. And there's this healthy sense of sin. We as Christians must take sin serious. Um, When we talk about grace and mercy, that is not belittling the serious nature of sin. I would propose to you that if you understand sin more properly in its biblical context, you're going to appreciate Jesus even more. Uh, Spurgeon once said, the great Baptist preacher from England, 
He said to think lightly of sin is to think lightly of the Savior. And I think he's so true in what he says there. And if we don't consider our sin as an affront to God, as something that will separate us from God for eternity, then we're not going to appreciate the grace we have in Christ. I think of C.S. Lewis. He said it very well. He said, when a man is getting better, in other words, when a man is coming to repentance, he understands the depth and depravity of his sin. But when he's getting worse, he understands his sin less and less. And I think that's so true that when we're on the road to repentance, when we have a repentant heart and we have turned to God to receive grace and mercy, we understand just how bad our sin really is. But when people are rebellious and they're running from God and they could care less about God's will for their life, they are not understanding the nature of their sin. So this psalm reminds us of various things. Number one, that sin is serious. Sin will separate you from God. But God's grace and mercy is so great and so awesome. I love when he gets to verse 4, but with you there is forgiveness. He states this fact, with you there is forgiveness. And why does he say that? Well, that's based on God's promises from his word. There are promises God's made, and do we bank on those promises? God will forgive our iniquities. And without that, who would be able to stand? And that's why we fear God. He says we fear God because of that. We fear God realizing this is not a self-help thing. This is something where we're in dire need, like he starts the psalm, out of the depths. And one translation, out of the deep. So he waits for the Lord. He's hoping for the Lord. And this is just not some flippant hope. This is hope based on promises that stand strong. Like a watchman for the morning. A watchman waiting for the morning knows the morning's going to come. And so this hope is based on he knows God will forgive him. And then this thing becomes teaching. So it goes from a personal psalm to verse 7, where he tells Israel, hey, you need to hope in the Lord. The Lord has steadfast love. And I love verse 7. At the very end of verse 7, it says plentiful redemption in him or with him is plentiful redemption. And that phrase, the ESV keeps that, that comes from an old English translation, uh, the Miles Coverdale translation. So you're talking about a very old translation of the, of the English Bible, but that's a beautiful phrase that it keeps there, plentiful um, redemption. And that's exactly what the redemption we have in Christ is. It's plentiful. It's, it's more than enough. And he will redeem Israel from all his iniquity. So there's this teaching component where he turns to the Israelite people and says, listen, take this lesson I've learned about who God is. God has plentiful redemption and he will redeem Israel. So I think of a family, just consider going up for Passover. And as they travel to Jerusalem, they're singing this song together. So this becomes part of who they are. It prepares their heart for worship. Let me propose to you various things for us as Christians today. First of all, this is a great personal psalm. If you're dealing with guilt and shame, what the evil one will do to you, he will drive you deeper into guilt and shame. And that guilt-shame cycle, it ends up being, well, guilt, first of all, is this personal feeling toward God, which is real and palpable. And then shame is this communal aspect where you're ashamed to be among others. And, and Satan uses that to drive you deeper into your sin and deeper into your despair. 
and you're not going to receive healing and forgiveness. And so this psalm reminds us to come out of that deep hole, is to reach out for the mercy of God and realize he will forgive you. God will be faithful. And once you've been forgiven, you're you're put back in a firm place. And so you break this cycle of guilt and shame by reaching out to God, letting him and his grace pour over you and knowing and trusting God will do that. So personally, it helps us as we deal with guilt and shame that we are to reach out to a merciful God. Yes, we've sinned against him. Yes, that, that's very serious. But yes, his redemption is plenteous. It's plentiful and he will forgive us. Secondly, another application I think for us today is this would be a very good psalm to prepare your heart for worship, especially corporate worship. As you travel to church, as you get up in the morning, get ready for a Lord's Day assembly, this would be a great psalm to read that morning and prepare your heart for coming into God's presence. Maybe a great uh, Lord's Supper, or communion, personal devotion. I know some people do that before they go into communion. They'll have some passage they'll read. Of course, you'll have someone preside over communion and they'll read thoughts and, and direct your mind. But this psalm might be something that helps you, especially the the first five verses would be good for a personal devotion. Getting yourself prepared to take the Lord's Supper or come into an assembly with other saints. So that's just some things that I would provide there that might be application for you. With all that said, I want to, this is such a beautiful psalm. Let's read it together one more time. As we've thought about it and worked through the details of this psalm, let's read it one more time as we close out today's podcast. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, O Lord, who could stand? With you there is forgiveness, that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for the Lord there is steadfast love. With him is plentiful redemption, and he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. We can close that out by saying amen. Thank you, Lord, for your plentiful redemption, especially we as Christians in the new covenant today, the plentiful redemption we have in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I hope you have a wonderful day today. I pray the Lord goes with you. I pray that uh, he'll give you a clean heart and hands and feet of service. And I can't wait to get back tomorrow to the book of Romans. If you're traveling with us in that book, we will start chapter 10 this week. We'd love to see you tomorrow as we begin Romans 10. God bless.